want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. It's been a while to get her booked on the show, but we now have Kim from Scope hailing from the South Bay of Los Angeles, my home area. We're finally doing a podcast together. We're going to talk about the future of connected fitness, preventative health, and an awesome new machine that you can have in your home in your studio. Kimberly, finally, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to see you. Thank you, Pete. It's been a long time coming. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So why don't you start off with your... um, your upbringing. Now, you can start in New Jersey and then let's take it to <laughs> to uh, OSU and then let's take it to uh, to chiropractic magic and, yeah. and go on. So give us a little riff. For sure. So obviously from the East Coast, New York, New Jersey area, my mom is actually a chiropractor as well. And she shared an office with a classical Pilates studio when she was working. So I was in and around Pilates. I actually started doing it when I was about 13 years old and fell in love with it from there. I was a gymnast and she was like, you need to do this to prevent injury and gain strength and stability. So I crossed paths with chiropractic and Pilates since I was young. And then from there, um, always knew I wanted to do sports medicine. I loved athletic training. It's the only medical professional that sees an athlete before they're injured, the first as soon as they are injured, and then during their return to play protocol. So that was really attractive to me. Went to Ohio State, did that, go Bucks. Yep. Still obsessed with the school. Went to chiropractic school after that here in LA, and then specialized in sports medicine and pre and postpartum care. Always teaching group fitness, TRX, reformer throughout that entire journey. Are you? Did you kind of see as you were going through like the sports medicine side and and with elite athletes that there were trends that you you identified and said, you know what, like this is actually preventable, or is like some of these sports just so hardcore violent that like these things are inevitable to happen? 100%. I definitely saw things as preventative. And it is a little sad to say that athletic trainers don't get the credit they deserve. They're expected to do the job of 10, 15, 20 people as yeah. one person. So things do fall through the cracks. And that's no one's fault. It's just the way the system lies right now. But there are these athletes who are 18 years old and they're expected to play for three, four years. And then the thought of gaining strength prevention and a true rehab protocol it's hard to plan for their futures. So I definitely saw a piece missing there where I was like, things could be done where we are thinking more long-term for these young kids, to be honest. And I was the same age as them. 
So yeah. at a young age, I was like, we're so young. What about after this? What are they yeah. going to do? What am I going to do? They're still going to be expected to play at a very, very high, even higher level. So I fell in love with rehab right then and there. That's mm-hmm. That was a big piece to me. When you take a look at, um, you know, some, some chiropractors or sports medicine specialists, um, some people kind of say like, oh, they're like magicians. You know, yeah. like they kind of know more than... Than, than other people. So how do how does that kind of happen and evolve? And like what percentage of chiropractors, let's say on average, are really like 5% of magicians? Or do you say like, hey, I've seen so much and I kind of know the root cause of this and I, I've remedied it in the future that now I've, I have like my own protocols. They might not be yeah. standardized across the industry, but I, I know how to fix things a certain way. I would definitely say that. I think I've 100% founded my own little technique. And right. especially with the mentors I've surrounded myself by, they take full credit. I found amazing mentors that taught me a lot and kind of formed my own way of practicing and my own way of looking at things. And I'm very heavy in diagnostics. I always think you can't put your hands on someone or fix someone before you know exactly what's going on with them. So that's where I lie heavily. And that's really important to me. Yeah. So... You're out in LA, uh, you're running your own practice. Yep. What kind of gave you the bug to say, hey, I wanna go and, and commercialize a product? So I was teaching group performer Pilates at the time. And when I started teaching group Pilates, I thought to myself, I'm in chiropractic school. I have so much knowledge about injuries and biomechanics. I'm going to change the world. I'm gonna make sure everyone's form is perfect. I'm gonna make sure Everyone is preventing injuries, healing from injuries. This is going to be incredible. I remember teaching my first group fitness class. I looked around the room to the 14 machines and I thought, this is a shit show. <laughs> Excuse my language. You're a lot of, like, cur- a lot of cursing. Okay. It's this person's first Safe class. Course. It's this person is an expert. This person's pregnant. Right. This person has a low back injury. You're teaching to techno music in a dark room, keeping the energy up. I was like, this is actually impossible to make sure everyone is having the experience they need. So I started paying attention to what verbal cues were we saying that gave people the best form correction. And that is how we developed our form technology within our scope product. So give people a little background on on the the, the actual uh, device or the machine. And then let's talk about how you've kind of built in attributes to it that kind of leapfrog some of the traditional machines, and then we'll talk about the group exercise programming on it. Of course. So when I started this, um, a gal I taught Pilates with, whose husband's a manufacturer, who's now my co-founder, they said, you know, we want to build a machine, but it's hard to be there in person. They're really expensive. Let's build some content. So this was pre-COVID, and right from the get-go, we thought we want to make this really unique. We don't just want to be another screen on a machine. How can we be really unique? And right away, we knew Form was way more important to us than power. I don't care if you're number one on the leaderboard, if your form is shit and you are injured after, which takes you out of practice. We knew we were about healing from injury, preventing from injury, and longevity and wellness. That's always been at the forefront of our technology and at the forefront of our company. So we developed the form technology within our actual hardware that touches all of those basis points. And I don't even know if you know that this yet, but we are doing a major shift into our launch, which is B2B. This and the, is breaking news. <laughs> this is breaking news. No, Flag it's, this. Um, the healthcare space. So we're launching right. physical therapy, rehab, wellness centers first in our B2B model. 
and then trickling into the direct consumer more connected fitness realm. Yeah, we, and we talked about that initially, and I thought that yeah. that's a, a path to go is aligned with practitioners that are already established and you can buy more than one product from a customer for sure. Acquisition costs and volume. So and Pilates great. reformers are already in physical therapy offices. Pilates was actually founded as a rehabilitation tool for bedridden yeah. soldiers. So it's not a foreign concept. So it's jo a very Joseph organic Pilates thing. was basically like working for the army or what was the deal? He took bedridden soldiers he got involved with and he started tying resistance bands around the bedposts and having uh, them do exercises in the supine lying position. So he took that and then it evolved into rehab for professional ballet dancers. And that was kind of the big start of it. Gotcha. So... You know, you've got a you got a thriving chiropractic sports medicine practice. Mm -hmm. Decide now, hey, I'm going to become a, a connected fitness hardware and software entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, to the people that are thinking about starting up a company. Yeah. Why don't you tell them like how how that road has been? Maybe some tips or what would you tell your younger self? Hey, look, this is what the next three years is going to look like with COVID, without COVID. Just like. What have you learned about about the process and about yourself sure. and as an entrepreneur? There's always a moment that flashes into my mind very strongly. And I was sitting in Unita, which you've been with, with one of my advisors after just meeting her. She's an ex-SNAP employee. She's a 3X founder herself, currently on a, a financial SaaS company. And she looked at me and said, there's going to be moments you are thinking to yourself, why am I doing this? Sure. And I'm crazy. And everyone thinks I'm crazy. And what is happening? How did I get here? And she said, just in those moments, remember how you feel today, how excited you are about it, how much you believe in it, how passionate you are about it. And I remember looking at her and thinking to myself, that's not me. Hard work can conquer all. And yeah, you're never gonna have I'll a never bad think this is too hard. Life. And, yeah. you know, I'm overconfident for this. And <clears throat> that was a humbling experience I think about. So it's, it's hard. I mean, it's a roller coaster where the highs are highs and the lows are you're drowning underwater. But you, well, you're not alone, so it's, yeah. it's good to talk about it. When I was started as an entrepreneur, I didn't expose to anybody how I was feeling because I, I always thought it was a source of weakness. Yeah. And I always had to keep, like, this very positive, like, someone's like, how's the company doing? Crushing it, man. Like, yeah, we're crushing it with, like, $6 in the bank account right for now. Sure. And, like, I'm waiting for this deal to close. And hopefully this wire comes in. Um, you still see that. I mean, I have to remind myself LinkedIn is just another social media page of good news. And right, exactly. once you talk to those people, they're like, no, that's our one piece, but we've been struggling a lot. And I think it's important to have those conversations with other people. It's not all rainbows and yeah, butterflies. Yeah. Well, I think there's been definitely a, a magnetic, magnetic shift towards like, hey, let's talk about how things are really going and let's open up and let's not view it as a, as a weakness. Let's view it as being human. Absolutely. And, you know, entrepreneurs, if you're going to go on this roller coaster, um, you kind of don't even know how fat, how much to fasten the seatbelt because it's going to flip and turn Absolutely. at all times, you know? You have no idea, but you have to remember, like, I just can't stop. I can't stop thinking about it because I just believe in our product so much and I think it will you know, really disrupt the physical therapy sector, the Pilates sector. Mm. There's not a single person I've ever met who I don't think could benefit from it. And that's where I keep my vision. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's let's talk about, before we talk about the product, let me just get some insights into one thing. In the venture capital community, in the private equity community, in like the diversity, equi equity and inclusion, right, DEI, 
there's all this talk about like, hey, we're going to fund, you know, women's run business. We're going to fund minority business. We're going to fund d- different types of people, except, you know, like the, the traditional people that might yeah. go in and be like, oh, I went to business school with this guy and he's funding my company. And it's like, absolutely to, you know, white Jewish guys from the Northeast or something. Right? Absolutely. But, but then when you get into the fundraising, you're like, and I don't know where all this money is and versus where all this like marketing is. I feel like For there's sure. a lot of marketing and saying, I want to do this, but I don't really see as much action being done on, on investors to say, hey, yeah, let's give more people opportunity and give more people capital. Um, I guess it's all kind of who you know and who you meet, but that hasn't really democratized capital raising. Yeah. So maybe without naming names of people that you might have gone to that you're like, hold on a second, you want to invest in healthcare? You want to invest in medical? You want to invest in fitness? You want to invest in female entrepreneurs? Like, what box don't I check? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that is the utmost reality of the situation. And that has definitely been my personal experience. And I think it was the second pitch I ever did. It was all men on the other side. I was pitching alone. And they basically said to me, you know, you don't have a Harvard business degree. And you're lucky you have a male co-founder who's older than you. And that was a humbling moment, but you know, that's their perspective. And I'm not, if they don't see the value in the boxes I check and the knowledge I bring, you know, that's on them. You should, you should have stood up and say, have you ever heard of the Ohio, Ohio <laughs> State University with the, the T-H-E in capital letters? I'm like, just walk what? out of here, dude. Like, let me tell you all the uh, inventions and innovations that have come out of uh, Ohio State. There actually is like a big invention lab where they commercialize licenses from, from OSU. So I know. I would slap back at that pretty hard. For sure. <laughs> Good. No, absolutely. And I, with that being said, there are certain females I've met within this space, which are very eager to help other females in the space and connect other women and help other women. But even throughout women, that is, I wouldn't say that's the majority. And throughout men, I wouldn't say that's the majority either. But any step in the right direction I'm willing to take, this may be much better than it was years ago before I entered into this field. And that's when we can just work on consistent improvement. That's all we can ask of ourselves and everyone else. Yeah. So I haven't come to the uh, Clayton garage yet to check out the new <laughs> device, but um, what, what's the status on the prototypes? What's the status on distribution? How do you feel about what the, the product in its current format? Yeah, the product in its current format, I think, is an even better product than I ever imagined it to be. Nice. And the technology that has advanced throughout time on what we're going to be able to deliver is still something I sit back and think, I can't believe this is gonna be in an office. It's basically a biomechanics lab within a Pilates reformer that is so simple to use. Someone who's never been on a machine will see benefit in it. And that's really exciting to me. Of course, there's always work to be done, but we're super stoked about it. We're super stoked with the people who've been approaching us from the B2B side of it who are really eager and hungry for a piece of equipment and a software like we're able to provide. So when you say that you're going into the, the B2B channel and you're going to allow other people to purchase 10, 12, 20 machines, they'll have their own programming. How are you thinking about, I want to control the programming because I know that the best way to use this versus like, look, I understand that there are chiropractors and group exercise instructors that maybe they'll get certified in how to use the machine. Yep. Um, but I also don't want to tell them everything because everyone's kind of have, is their own practitioner. So how do you think about 
controlling the content or give like positioning content. Yeah. There's a library, but also kind of freestyle if you if you sure. if you know what you're doing. That's a very interesting question, and I'm thank just... you. I wanted to ask this of you. <laughs> been waiting years. Like it's been to on my mind. This question. No, I mean that's a phenomenal question because you want people to be able to use your product, but you want to keep the quality up of course. And I'm just speaking the B2B contract we just signed. That's a huge contract recently. They're actually asking us to build out their training protocol as well as the rehab protocol. And since that is in our wheelhouse, that's making us think of a completely different revenue stream as well, where we can build out specific programming for these larger franchises and contracts and keep the quality up and you know, I think you take into account what they want out of it and you can build off of that. So that's an interesting question, but the technology that we're offering, I think it is safe where if someone uses it in their utmost creative way, it's still safe. Right, right, right. So what, what do you, what, when are you planning to have the machines, you know, in, in a B2B setting or ready for shipment? What, By the end a, of the year. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, good. We're moving and grooving. And my favorite thing also I want to mention about this B2B play within the medical space is it's one of the first times there's objective quantitative data for these providers to bill to insurance. So we're also going okay. the insurance reimbursement angle, which is really excited. And we're kind of bridging that gap between healthcare and connected fitness. They can be both. They can... Connected fitness to me is healthcare. You know, anytime we get someone moving and working out, we're more like leading them to a healthier state so what's the uh, wholesale price point of the machine or the estimate of what you think it's going to be commercially 4500 gotcha and that comes with its own screen yep especially when you guys are piping in live content and and on demand or on demand mostly so there it's just going to be the data for phase one and then you can pre-program exercises and then phase three is tele-rehabilitation gotcha and then from a standpoint of you talk about the health care component to this and that the class is reimbursable and potentially the the equipment to a consumer could be part of like their flexible spending account. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. I mean right now my United Healthcare pays for my Peloton. So things like that are happening. Pays for your your Peloton subscription. Monthly, not the purchase. Not the purchase. Got it. Got it. Do you see collaboration with other like I've done Pilates, not bragging. No, I, I've done. I've done Pilates and I'm damn good. At, no, um, you, you could do Pilates like three days a week and get like completely sculpted and ripped, but you probably, I don't. I mean, I don't think I could do it five or six days a week. So, do you kind of view as like, hey, this is like your core workout, and like we're gonna curate, you know, some additional cardio or strength training around it, or well, what does somebody I, need to? I mean, you can do it honestly seven days a week. I yeah. wouldn't recommend the same format or class seven days a week, right. but maybe your recovery day, you're taking a stretching class. Right. Your other recovery day, there's a guided meditation stretch class within the content. You're doing workout, you can do a cardio class, a lower body, upper body. There's a lot of different segments that work within this. But I mean, I get bored easily. I've never gotten bored with Pilates, but cardio health is also important. I'm never going to tell anyone this is the only thing they should ever do. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually like this most because it builds such a strong foundation to translate into other activities someone loves. If they love golfing, this creates a perfect foundation right. for that. Is that, part of, tennis, is that part of what your, your on-demand is like? Yeah. Hey, like a pre yep. pickleball and a post pickleball workout because that's that's what I feel like people 
they need like a next layer of like I'll go on a on a on my Soul Cycle bike, which you know I I, I adore as like a pet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> pet store I go to is like my Soul Cycle class. Oh, I love it here. Yeah. Those classes are not really conditioned. You know, there, there's certain classes that are certain times and certain music, but it's not really geared towards. I want to do certain. I do certain sports, and I wanted to now invest my time. Like right now, my back is killing me because I played pickleball and I yeah. haven't played in a while, and I wish that. I took 20 minutes before playing and 20 minutes after and actually did like a, that somebody like you would say like, this is what you need to do in order to condition these muscles and also like rehab these muscles so you don't feel like this when you're sitting at Ursa. That right? is exactly what and we want to do. I feel like do. that doesn't really exist in a, in a mass market standpoint. It it's just a lot of stuff out there that you can't yeah. really find where it is. By the time you find it on YouTube or something, you're just exhausted and you don't have no idea what the quality is of it. For anyway. sure. You need a credible source. And that is something that makes me so excited to build this product. And also this is an entry into people's homes. People say, how are you getting this into your house, right? A guy who maybe doesn't do Pilates often, you're not excited about it. You're like, I like doing other things. But now this is a credible piece where I can do my pre and post workout, recovery for every single activity I love to do. And now I'm no longer in back pain. And that is how we fix the barrier to entry and maybe someone who's not a Pilates addict right now, but we can make that out of you, I promise. Awesome. <laughs> so so in closing here, you got any uh, good quotes or maybe like the the, uh, the tagline for the company or, you know, what do you want people to, uh, to take away here and why they should partner up with you and call once the uh, products are ready to ship. No tagline, but I just want people to be as passionate about it as I am. And anyone who shares that passion in longevity, rehab, prevention, healing, anything like that, come chat with me. I love having conversations like this about anything within healthcare. So Awesome. All right. Well, you heard it first here. Breaking news. <laughs> we'll be launching at the end of the year. Put it into your studios. It's affect millions of people, and it's uh, this is part of your your DNA, your mission, yeah, and your life's work. So we're excited to be on the ground floor. Of yeah, it. thank you, and come see me once we get back for that yeah, post pickleball back pain. Yeah, and then I'll uh, <laughs> I'll schedule the next uh, interview for 24 months out. You know, with your <laughs> with your handler, Elaine. <laughs> so funny. All right, good to see you. Okay, good thank work. you, Love thank it. you. Bye. Bye.